0: The following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. Welcome, everybody, this morning, especially our visitors, our guests for Back to Church Sunday. Uh, You know, what's cool about Back to Church Sunday, it's kind of a time of the year where uh, if you have kids, they're finally back in school, and everyone's finding their rhythm again. Any parents finding their rhythm after a long summer? Yeah, hallelujah to that, right? Uh, Because you're doing, you know, coordinating events and everything, and then the kids are finally back in a rhythm again, and we kind of find our rhythms of life. And I would just encourage you, in your rhythm of life, I would encourage you to include community. Uh, God designed us for community And, uh, you know, the church was Jesus' idea. He said, on this rock, I will build my church. And so when we get together as a community of faith, uh, we encourage one another, we love one another, we pray for one another, uh, we help one another. And so especially in a city like LA, it's imperative that you're in real community. If you don't have a church home, we just want to encourage you to jump in and join us. We would love to grow with you because community is God's idea and it should be a key part of your rhythm. Um, so this morning we're, we're um, going through uh, this book of Matthew and we're glad that some of you can be here new to jump in where we're at, but the, Jesus has a profound thing to say this morning. Uh, he's been teaching on the Sermon of the Mount and he's been teaching all kinds of profound things about prayer and all sorts of cool revolutionary teaching the world had never heard before. And today he's going to teach us on how we can find breakthrough. I'm talking about breakthrough in something maybe you've prayed for or you want to pray for, something that you need to see change in your life, maybe you need to see change in your surrounding, it's something that you can't do on your own, and you know you need God's help. Does anybody have any area in your life that you need breakthrough? That's, whoa, that's beautiful, because today is all about breakthrough, and Jesus is going to teach us how we find breakthrough, and it's called Ask, Seek, and Knock, and it's a profound recipe. And... Um, before I start this morning, I just want to share a quick study that they did. They did a study uh, with young children. And in this group of young children, they, they, they wanted to figure out how many questions per day these young children ask. So they followed these young children around and they were actually counting with numerous young children and they came up with an average that young children ask approximately 126 questions a day. 126 and if you're a parent of young children you know you probably say it's double that Uh, but the bottom line is kids ask a lot of questions especially when they're young but here's what's surprising about the study they found out that adults adults only ask about six questions a day and what's shocking about that is somewhere between childhood and adulthood we lose about 119 questions a day what happened to our questions for some reason, we stopped asking. And Jesus is going to tell you today, start asking again. Jesus is calling you to start asking again. This is about asking and seeking and knocking. It's something about, the, the, Jesus talks about children And he talks about how they they get the kingdom of God better than adults do. They have an open transparency and a willingness to trust. And somehow along life in our adulthood, we get a little bit more refined. We get a little bit more cognitive in our approach. When kids come boldly and they just come before their parents in faith and they ask questions, as we get older, we temper it down. We, We get a little more seasoned and we stop asking questions. And Jesus today is going to say, I want you to ask and to seek and to knock. There's going to be breakthrough in your life that will be found through asking and seeking and knocking. It's really uh, profound. And so I want to start that this morning. If we can jump in, we're going to read the passage and then we're going to break it down in sections because there's so much cool stuff going on in here. Uh, It starts, it's Matthew chapter seven. If you have your Bible with you or on your phone, your device, however you read the word, we'll also put it up on the screen up here. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, and this is where we left off last week, beginning in verse 7, on the Sermon of the Mountain, Jesus teaches us this. He says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For whoever, for everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, although you were evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do for you. And this sums up the law and the prophets. Again, Jesus this morning is showing us how to find God. Breakthrough, breakthrough. And you know there's areas in your life that you want breakthrough. You know there's areas in your life you need breakthrough. And he, and he simply says in the first portion here, he puts verse seven and eight together. They fit together. And he basically is saying, ask and it will be given to you. Everyone who asks, receives. Seek and you will find the one who seeks, finds. Knock and the door will be open to you. To the one who knocks, The door will be open. Now, this sequence is very important and he's very intentional about this. He is telling us, Jesus is telling us to ask and to seek and to knock. And to be honest with you, in my conversations with people over the years, I have realized that some people don't want to bother God. Some people don't want to bother God. I just got to tell you something this morning. You cannot bother God. You cannot bother God. God cannot be bothered by you. You will not bother God. You can ask God day and night. You can knock and you can seek, and you will not bother God. That idea of not bothering God. I've heard people, well, God's got more important things to do. Why would he be concerned about me or my little issues or things? Because he loves you. That's why. He loves you and he cares about you. And Jesus is showing us how to engage the Father on a new realm of life and, and to obtain breakthrough. And, and, and if we are concerned about bothering God, we're going to completely miss out on the whole narrative of this text that Jesus is saying there's breakthrough and it lies in this asking and seeking and knocking. And, and so you, you have to ask because asking never bothers God. You need to know that. He wants you to talk to him all the time. Asking never bothers God. You cannot bother God. In fact, I would like to tell you this morning that you have more access to the Father than you probably think you have. You have more access to the Father than you probably think you have. See, through Jesus, and if you're in Christ this morning, you know, being in Christ is a day in life we decide to be in Christ. It's not just knowing about God or believing in the principle that God exists or believing that Jesus historically came, that's all cool, but to know that Jesus is God's son, that he died for your sins, and you wanna turn and step in and follow him, the day we step in and say, you know what? I'm getting off the throne, putting you on. I'm not the Lord of my life, you are. The day you do that is the day that you are in Christ. The Bible says that if you are in Christ, John chapter one twelve, it says that we actually get to become his sons and daughters. We're all God's creation. We're not all his children. We're all God's creation. But the day you say yes to Jesus, that's the day you get adopted into the family of God. You get to become a child. Why does this matter? We're talking about access. We're talking about access to the father that children have. And, and you probably have more access than you think you have if you are, in fact, a child of God and Jesus is your Lord. It says in Hebrews 4, 6, that through Jesus, we come before the throne boldly, boldly. We get to stampede right into the presence of the Father. Don't ever think about bothering God. You can't bother God. You cannot bother God. You won't bother God. God doesn't get bothered that easily. Believe me, when you look at his power and he's all-knowing and he's all-present, he doesn't get bothered by our requests. It doesn't bother God. But but to know that through Jesus, we can literally come boldly before his throne, that's a pretty profound promise for you and I. Just to give you an example how this might look like, in my house, I have five children. We have five children. And if our children want to come and talk to Christy and I, um, we have a, a gate out front. Some of you live in a, uh, your residence has a security gate. Um, my kids don't have to go hit the buzzer on the gate to talk to me. They don't ever have to do that. In fact, they don't have to, when they get to the front door, they don't have to ring the doorbell either. My kids don't have to do that. No security gate buzzer and no front door. In fact, our kids in the morning sometimes don't even knock, come running straight into the room when you're sleeping. Any parents ever have that, right? And it's, <laughs> as tired as you are, It doesn't bother you why because you love your kids right why do they just come running into the room like that why (laughs) because they know they have access your children know they have access and they know that you love them and you love them unconditionally and your kids run right into your presence. And what do you do? I, I know what we do, and I am trusting you do too. No matter how tired you are, they come running in the morning because they love you and they want to see you. No matter how tired you are, you just reach over and give them a big old hug and you maul them up. Does anybody do that? Right? Yeah, because you love them. And because they have access. And they're not out ringing the buzzer at the front gate. And they're not ringing the doorbell or knocking on the front door. They just run right into the presence. Because they know they're loved. love. You need to know that because you have more access. You have full access. The kids know it. We need to know it as children of God. Do you know you have full access? Do you know you have full access to the Father? Because you need to know that. Because if you don't know that, you're not going to ask, seek, and knock the way Jesus is talking about here. You're going to be very intrepid you're going to be i don't know i don't want to bother him maybe he's got more important things to do maybe maybe there's a like a big storm on the other side of the world that he's more concerned with right now listen god can handle every prayer at one time from everybody he's all-knowing all-powerful always present and he loves you and he's your heavenly father and you have access so i want to encourage you this morning to start in that place because all of this begins with the confidence that you have if you, if you know you have access, you will use the access. If you don't know that you have access, you won't use the access. And asking, seeking, knocking begins with knowing what access you actually have. And so that's where it begins. So he says this right now. He says, ask to seek and to knock. What is asking? We know from the rest of Scripture he's referring to prayer. When we ask, prayer Prayer to the Father in the name of Jesus. We see this come up many times in scripture that our prayer, he just taught us how to pray our Father in heaven. Prayer to the Father, asking the Father for something to change, something to move, some kind of provision, some kind of something you need the Father to do that you don't have the capacity to do. We engage the Father and we ask him and we ask in the name of Jesus because the Bible says that's the way we're supposed to ask. We're calling on Jesus and his name and his authority and the relationship we have. So asking is prayer to the Father in Jesus' name. Seek, when you seek, you step out. When you seek for something, you actually have to get out of your house and go do something, don't you? If you're out seeking for something, if you're seeking for treasure, do you stay home in bed seeking for treasure? No, you might be home praying, asking the Father, but that's not where it ends. It moves into seeking. See, if you want breakthrough in an area and you're asking God for something, you want to see something shift, it's not just praying. Yes, it is praying, but it's more than just praying. Now it's seeking. This is the part where you put feet to your faith. I had a friend of mine years ago, and he, he just kind of felt that if his faith was strong enough, God was going to provide in a way that he, he literally, uh, he wasn't working at the time and he was praying that God was going to just send a check. Literally believed God's going to send him a check. Somebody maybe told him, if your faith is strong enough, just keep praying, and a check's going to come in for some reason, somehow. And I said, well, you know, if you're convinced God told you that, that's one thing. But I, I don't know. I'd just be a little careful on that. So he prayed and prayed, and, and a check didn't come. And, and I would suggest to you, you don't just ask, you seek. You open your door, and you start stepping out. You start putting feet to your faith. When you're asking God to break through and come through in a way and change and move or do something, you put feet to your faith. It's like I prayed, I'm asking you, Father, in Jesus' name, and now I'm going to step out and I'm going to go search. That's what seeking is. Seeking is to search. So we follow through in a kind of an action, which means that you believe what you prayed for, that God is going to meet you, and by faith we start taking steps. It's one thing to pray in faith, it's another thing to start walking in faith. It's one thing to pray, it's another thing to start stepping out in faith. So we ask and then we seek. And the next one is to knock. And to knock means as you pray and as you begin to walk this out, you get a little bit bold and you start literally knocking on doors. That's a whole other kind of faith. You see, I can be home in my bedroom and praying for something, God, to do it. And that's beautiful. I think it has to begin there. And then I have to finally step out and start seeking and trying to discern, you know, which path am I going to go to do this? And at some point, it takes a whole nother level of faith to walk up a door, symbolically, so to speak, and knock on that door. Because you know you need something, and there's a closed door in your life. There's a a door that's closed, but here's the thing about doors. Doors do close, and doors can lock. But doors, by design, were made to be opened. And in your life, there are some doors, and there's some things you need breakthrough. So as you're asking, and as you're seeking, The next step, and it's bigger faith because you're walking up to a door intentionally and you're knocking on this door in faith and you're praying the right door will be open. The Bible says that God opens doors no man can shut and he shuts doors that no man can open. He knows the right door. And in your faith, as you pray and ask, and as you seek to walk it out and you walk up to doors and you knock on them in faith, the right one will be open and the wrong ones will be closed. And this is what God says he will do for us. So you knock on the doors that need to be open. And if you do this, you gotta start, you gotta start by knocking on heaven's door. You start all of this by knocking on heaven's door, by praying and asking the Father. This is where it all begins. Just don't stampede out and start hitting on doors. and going. We start on our knees. We start in prayer. We start in dialogue with our heavenly Father that loves us because sometimes what I have found In times that you're asking God for something, sometimes he changes us, and he even changes what we're praying about and why. He's amazing how he has perspective and depth and dimension that we don't even have, that when you start asking the Father, sometimes he just changes us. Uh, But you start by knocking on heaven's door. You know, uh, years ago, I was was over in Israel at the Sea of Galilee, and I had my, my guitar with me. And it's a little area over there in Tiberias, right by the Sea of Galilee, where it's kind of like a little Third Street promenade kind of set up over there. So I'm just sitting up on the wall playing my guitar, and all of a sudden, these two Palestinian kids come up, and they were probably like, I don't know, maybe 11 or 12. Um, and it was the weirdest thing, but uh, they walked up, and I knew they didn't really speak any English, but they said, Guns N' Roses Metallica? And I'm like, no way did they say I mean, I'm in... Israel and Sea of Galilee where Jesus walked. And these Palestinian kids, I go, excuse me? They're like, Guns N' Roses, Metallica? And I'm like, they, they really are asking for a song. So I, I, didn't, I couldn't pull off any Metallica on the spot, but I, I jumped into Knocking on Heaven's Door, which was a Bob Dylan song redone by Guns N' Roses, and they knew the song. But I, at least I wanted to leave these kids an impression about knocking on the door of heaven. Like, I don't speak your language and you don't speak mine, but you might know this song, Knock on Heaven's door, because that's where it begins. When we start knocking on heaven's door, that's where all the asking and seeking and knocking begins. And the one thing we know from this passage that Jesus is showing us is that this prayer, this asking for things, prayer is conditional. Prayer is conditional. God's grace is unconditional, but prayer is conditional. We do our part. Jesus is saying it very, very clearly here. We do our part, and God will do his part. Those who ask will find. Those who seek will excuse, Those who ask will get an answer. You seek, you will find. You knock, the door will be open. Jesus is saying there's an exchange going on here with God. Prayer has a condition to it, that we do our part, and God does his part. And that's important to know. To receive, we have to ask. It says in James 4, uh, verses 2 and 3, it says um, that we have not, because we ask not. In the, in the book of James, James is saying, you know you want and need stuff, and you don't have it. And the reason you don't have it is you're not asking. Isn't that amazing? It's like, sometimes we think, well, what's the point? Let me also bring something up on this. Some people have a view, God is sovereign. Everyone say sovereign. Sovereign means he reigns over. If you look at the word sovereign, it's over reign with an S in the front. S over reign sovereign reign. God is sovereign he reigns over the universe but because he reigns over the universe he's still asking us to engage in prayer and ask seek and knock some people leave the conditional part out they leave our part out and and it's almost like a bad excuse to say well God is sovereign so he's gonna do what he wants anyway and I've heard many people talk about this in an area of prayer something that they want something that they're seeking something they desire but they'll go you know what God's just gonna do what he wants anyway. If that were the case, why would Jesus tell us to ask and to seek and to knock? Why would Jesus teach us how to pray and engage the Father for daily bread and for breakthrough and delivering us from evil? I'd say both are true at the same time. He reigns over all, but we need to engage him in his economy. We need to engage him in the realm of provision. We need to engage him in these realms of breakthrough that are available for us. Um, you know, I have children, I love my children, but they come and engage me and talk to me about the things they want. They don't just remain silent and hope it all works out. There's, there's an engagement, and that's really, really important. But to receive, we have to ask, to find, we must go out and seek, and to have a closed door open, we got to do some knocking, and if we don't knock, the door may not be open. That's what Jesus is saying in the text. So there's a conditional aspect to this. The other important thing about this text right here, when, when it's written, the Greek context in which it's presented uh, in Scripture, when it says ask, the context is a, is a command, as an ongoing command to keep on asking. And this is really clear in the, in the Greek. and the English, you don't really see it so clear in our translations. But it's not just saying, ask did you do it? Cool. Check it off your list. You're good. Seek, did you do it? Yep. Check it off your list. You're good. This is saying exactly the opposite. It's saying ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. And knock and keep on knocking according to Jesus. This is important because a lot of people, you talk to people about prayer. And as a pastor, I try to encourage and counsel people. And, and the thing comes up about struggles in life and the little mountains you run into in life. And many people would say, I already prayed about that. And, and the attitude is like, I already went there. I already did that. It's already done. That's off my list. God didn't answer it. Now I'm moving on. And I have to say, well, slow down. Slow down on that. Jesus didn't say, did you pray about it once? Cool, it didn't happen. Move forward, take another path. He didn't say that. If you have a conviction in your heart that God has something for you or a door to open and you really sense in your spirit that God really, I I really believe God wants this, then you keep going at it. And that's why the scripture is saying, we keep at it. We stay in it. You keep asking, you keep seeking, and you keep knocking. In fact, I think we have a graphic for this. It's a term called push, P-U-S-H, and it's pray until something happens. You got to pray until something happens. Your prayer needs to be a push kind of prayer, and that's why Jesus is saying, keep on asking, And you're going to discover and keep on seeking. You're going to find and keep on knocking and a door is going to be open. Don't say, I did that already. There's no such thing to prayer, I did that already in Scripture. We don't see that idea. The idea of I already did that with prayer doesn't exist in the New Testament. It doesn't exist. It talks about the fervent and effective and the passionate, ongoing, pray consistently, everything through prayer and supplication. Bible's got so much to say about prayer right here. Jesus is saying, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. So the context is really key um, that we do that. And I just got to admit, sometimes in life, that can be a little frustrating. Sometimes in life, you're praying about something and you've prayed about it and you've prayed again and you've waited and you haven't seen anything change. We have five amazing kids. We love our kids. We pray for our kids all the time we have one little boy with special needs some of you know our little guy he's our little champion our middle son our middle son and we've been praying for him contending for him for a long time we take him to prayer things we fasted we have pressed in we've sought medical professionals he's in a wheelchair we carry him most places he goes he doesn't really walk I mean you can get some steps with him or maybe in a walker and that's about it and so we we fight for him and we, we pray for him and we've done, we've cried for him and we've, we've done a lot for him. And, and when you read a passage about this, you, you pray all the time and you don't see breakthrough. And some of you have this in your life where you've prayed for an area breakthrough and you haven't seen the breakthrough and you're tempted to go, I'm out, I already did it. No, the question is what do you do when there hasn't been breakthrough? What do you do? Because this separates people who really get in on bigger dimensions of the kingdom and people who don't. There's a lot of people who quit over this stuff. I was reading an article recently, Ted Turner of the uh, Turner Broadcasting Network, TBN. Ted Turner said when he was young, he accepted the Lord. He had a sister with special needs. So he kept praying, praying, praying for God to heal his sister. His sister eventually died. He said, forget it, I'm out, I'm out. Not only is he out, the things that I've heard him say about faith have been pretty you know damaging his view of God is, is a little reckless and we're all going to stand before God one day and have to give an account to anything it doesn't matter if you're a multimillionaire or you're a pauper it doesn't matter where you're at we're all going to stand before God but Ted Turner's situation was one that God disappointed me because he didn't do what I thought he was going to do or what I wanted to do so I I walked away I just got to tell you, the difference is, what do you do when you haven't found the breakthrough that you're praying for, that you are asking and you are seeking and you are knocking? Now, in the process of these things, God does change you. Uh, When you have a situation or a burden in life that you have to carry and hasn't gone away, God changes you, the person praying. I would say, Christy and I, with our situation, God has changed us. Uh, We have greater compassion for people. Um, You know, when I go to Children's Hospital with my son, I look around now and I see other parents and caregivers, and I start praying for them because I see the burden or the look on their face of maybe what they're dealing with. Before, I didn't see that. I don't know why. I just didn't really see that. But I see that so clearly now. I was down at Children's a couple of years ago, and uh, while I was taking Micah to one of his appointments... I saw the pastor uh, Britt Merrick, some of you may know him of Reality Church in Carpinteria, and um, his little daughter Daisy had cancer, and so they were doing an ongoing bout with you know trying chemo, trying everything, and we were praying as a church. Many many people were praying for little Daisy, and as I'm walking in with my son, I saw him walking out, and I saw distraught look on his face, and I I didn't want to stop him. I knew he had somewhere to be, and I had somewhere to be, but. I, again, I looked and I just kind of had this compassion for him. I started to, to pray for him. And, and I know when I, when I hear him today, uh, the, their, their daughter went home to be with the Lord. Their daughter didn't get healed, okay? Uh, but I want to tell you, I, I can tell from hearing this pastor share his heart, he is a completely changed person from what he went through. And so sometimes we need to know that we're praying for change but sometimes, sometimes the change that God wants to do is in us. I know in heaven he's going to redeem everything, but, but that's not the answer people need to hear when they're going through carrying a burden. You don't, you don't say, well, look on the good side of things. You know, in heaven, when people are going through something, you want to come alongside them. You want to encourage them. But, but the point is, when things aren't breaking through the way you thought they would or they should have by, been by now, what do you do? That's the question. What do you do when you haven't received your breakthrough? You are asking, you are seeking, you are knocking, and nothing shifted yet. The mountain didn't move. The door didn't get open. You didn't find what you were looking for. What do you do? Because that is the golden question, family. What do you do? And I got to tell you the answer. You keep on seeking, you keep on asking, and you keep on knocking. Unless the Father tells you otherwise, you keep pressing on. That's what faith does by definition. Faith doesn't quit. It wouldn't be faith if it quitted. Faith doesn't quit, love doesn't quit. Faith doesn't quit. Hope doesn't quit. By definition, Jesus is saying, keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking because what you think is a closed door might not even be a closed door. It's just closed right now and you think it's a closed door. So you keep asking and you keep seeking and you keep knocking. And we're gonna continue to contend for my son <clears throat> and this side of heaven. We're gonna trust the Lord. But we're still gonna press on. We're not gonna go, that's it. Because what some people do, and this is unfortunate, what some people do is they just say, I'm going to accept my current reality and I'm not going to engage God with this anymore. And they take a situation and they move it to a side. They put things in categories in their life. And Jesus is like, whatever it is, You keep asking, you keep seeking, you keep knocking, you don't stick this in a category and go, this is my new reality, unless God tells you that. There's a time where Paul is saying, God, would you take away this thorn in my life? We don't know what it is, but he's going through a really bad time. He's like, God, please take this away. Please take it away. And for Paul, God said, no, I'm not taking this away. My power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. And so Paul had a clear directive from God this isn't going away. This is for another reason. But if God doesn't make that clear to you and he doesn't show you that, he doesn't reveal that to you, if that's not what you sense in the word or in scripture, then you keep seeking and you keep asking and you keep knocking and you don't quit and you push prayer. You pray until something happens. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. We gotta do that, family. You gotta do that, family. If you're a note taker this morning, uh, write this down. Uh, we got a few points we're gonna hit on. Every prayer is answered with either a yes, no, slow, or go. (laughs) Yes, no, slow, or go. Um, Some of you have already gotten your yes, you've gotten your no. Some of you have gotten a slow, maybe you've gotten a go. Here's how it goes. If the request is wrong, God says no. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. If we are wrong, God says grow. But if the request is right, the timing is right, and you are right, God says, go. God says, go. Some of this we don't understand. It's the sanctification process. When we're walking out this walk with Jesus, we're discovering the kingdom. We're trying to understand his will. We're figuring how does this all fit together with my request and God's will. And we're we're working out this, you know, this walk as believers, as children of God. And what do you want best, God? But but this is a general snapshot of how God answers things. Uh, Sometimes the request is wrong and it's like, "Mm, yeah, no, we're not gonna do this right now. In fact, the next passage talks very clearly uh, about this and hopefully it explains it a little better to us how how the kingdom works as as well as the love of the Father and our requests and how the connection uh, happens here. Verse nine says, "Uh, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who are asked? The context here is a loving parent with your child, your own child. If you don't have a child, imagine having one or picture the way you were raised. The context is a loving parent with your own child. That's the way Jesus is laying this out. He's like, I want you to understand how it works, but you need to put on that kind of framework, that kind of lens. Loving parent, with a, with a child, and children, you know this, if you have them, they want many things. Children want many things, all the time. They want iPhone 8, 9, 10s. I don't know which one, like 8, 9, 10. They want the 8, nine, ten. They want all, they, they just want everything. They, want, they, they just want everything, okay? Kids want many things, and some of them are just not good for them. Some of them are just not good for them. Even though your kid will disagree, they're not good for them. Some kids would love to have donuts and Coca-Cola in the morning for breakfast, if they could. That's what they want, and they believe it's okay. And you know, you know as a parent, because you love your child, it's just not good for them. You heard them loud and clear. You know what they want. They made it very, very clear. But you know it's not good for them, but they don't know that it's not good for them. And that's kind of the way the kingdom works, because the bottom line, you can't always give a child what they want. And you also can't give a child what they want when they want it. They don't understand that. They don't get it. They might be kicking and screaming and think you're the worst parent in the world, but the bottom line is you can't give them what they want and when they want it if you know that's not good for them. You can't, and you you can't be a good parent at the same time if, if you were to do that. The parent really does know what's best for the child, and the same is true with our Heavenly Father. And that's why this passage says, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts, good gifts to those who ask him? The problem is sometimes we don't discern what's good. I really believe that. We ask for things that the father knows in the big scope of life, knowing our future. He knows the end from the beginning, the beginning from the, he knows it all. We don't know. We ask for things sometimes that I I think we are convinced, some things, not everything, we are convinced it's good and the father's like, "Mm, it's not really good for you. Oh yes, it is. No, no, it's not. He wants to give good things, but we have a different view. Sometimes we're like a little kid in a story. And it's talking about bread and stones. It's talking about these contradictions. Sometimes we're the kid and we go, Daddy, I want bread. And the father says, Oh, actually, uh, no, son, that's, um, that's actually a stone. No, it isn't. It looks good. It smells good. It looks yummy. I want it. It's bread. The father's like, son, I, I love you so much. But you really don't want that. You see, that happens to be a stone. No, it isn't. I know it's good. I really want it, and I want it now. Father's like, look, what you don't understand is you can't digest this. I know you want it, but you can't digest it. I don't care. I still want it, and I want it now. And little kids do the same thing that we do as adults. There's certain things in life that we want. And the Father's like, oh, I hear what you're saying, but really, that's not actually good for you. And we are so convinced it is. Some people pray, and I want to win the lottery. If I just win the lottery. Has anybody ever prayed that? Come on, a little honesty in God's house. Come on, Lord. Come on, it's easy. You can do it. Right? Just want to win the lottery, God. Come on, I'll do good stuff with it. Right? Um, But the bottom line is, you know, I read a stat the other day, like 70% of the people who won the lottery spent all their money and ran out of money most within five to seven years. Isn't that crazy? Out of those people, many, high majority, lost their family, their relationships, their marriages along the way. Really? Didn't the money bring everything that they wanted? Sometimes we're asking for bread and sometimes it's a stone. Sometimes you think it's good for you and yummy for your tummy, and the Lord's like, you cannot digest this. I hear what you're saying, but it's not what you think it is. I'm not saying winning the lottery wouldn't be a blessing. But I would say, huh, I would say, if we're faithful in little things, then maybe we can ask to be faithful in greater things. We have to be faithful with what we have out of the gate. But the point is, sometimes things look good, uh, and the Father is saying no. And sometimes we need to thank God for unanswered prayers. There's certain prayers in our life that we haven't had answers. Maybe you had a, a high school crush on somebody that you were praying God would, like, work it out, and you look back in the high school reunion book or whatever, and you're like, whoa, Lord. Thank God you didn't work that out, right? <laughs> As the modern prophet Garth Brooks says, thank you, Lord, for unanswered prayers. Um, you need to thank God for some unanswered prayers. Some things we don't understand. Like a kid at the time, we think it's good. Father's like, nope, not good for you. Trust me on this one. Um, that's important. In the, uh, in the army, there was a new recruit. And he, uh, he served all day, but they, they stuck him on night duty to be a guard at night. So he, he shows up at two in the morning to, to go on guard duty. He's really tired and he's trying really hard. He's sitting in his chair. He's got a guard post. But by four in the morning, he, he just nods out and he falls asleep at his guard post. And all of a sudden he's sleeping. But you know how you're sleeping and you barely you hear something and he hears footsteps? And he opens his eye and he realized that the commander officer had just walked up to check on him. And he's sitting there going, I am so busted right now. I know they're going to give me all kinds of consequences for this. This is like, a, I blew it big time. So he really quickly thinks, what am I going to do to get out of this? So as he, before he picks his head up, he keeps his head down for another moment. He says, amen. Good morning, commander. <laughs> you got to ask. You got to pray. You got to seek. You got to knock. Here, write these down. Next steps for answered prayers. If you want answered prayers, write these down real quick. These are some some pretty key components. We can't get into the depth of all of them, but I want to wrap this up and we'll look at these really quick. Um, The next point this morning is, next step for answered prayers is, is check my heart. Check my heart. What do I want and why? Check my heart. Again, some people say, I want to win the lottery because I want to do good stuff with it. That sounds all good, but have you been doing good stuff already with what you have? If so, then this might line up exactly with the way you're talking about. Literally, seriously, what do you want and why? I want this cool Ferrari because people will think I'm cool. <laughs> Survey says, wrong answer. That's not gonna get it done. So check my heart and why. What do you want and why? That's important because when you talk about a, a loving father who knows what's best for his children, you have to, you, you have to deal with this in scripture in our, in our relationship with God What do I want and why? The next one is this, check God's will, check God's will. Is this God's plan and will he get the glory? Is this God's plan and will he get the glory? Now that's a little bit more time in scripture to understand the heart of God, the ways of God, the nature of God, the blessings of God. What is God's will? It teaches us in scripture and Romans that if we live the right way, we can test and approve God's will. That literally God's will is not only knowable, it's, a, it's an area that we can test it to approve, whether it is or it isn't. So this is a, a tougher one to discern. Well, I don't know if it is or it isn't. That's why you get around other believers in community that help you with some of these areas. We help one another, we fan one another, and this should be part of our rhythm of life where we're in community with other believers to help discern God's will, but check God's will. Is this God's plan and will he get the glory in it? The bottom line is, if God doesn't get the glory in it, everything's about God getting the glory. So if it's something for me, myself, and I, and not thine as the king, God God doesn't get any glory in it, then then we really got to check the motive of our prayer. It might be a self or self-centered prayer. We might want to just check that one. Doesn't mean God doesn't want to bless you with nice things, but it's not all about just getting all all our our favorite good stuff. You know, prayer's got to be bigger than that. It's got to have a capacity, uh, uh, the heart of it's gotta be the will of God, the heart of God, is it good for me, God, is it good for you, uh, that's important. The next one is this, check my faith, check my faith. Am I pressing on with a deep spiritual conviction? Because if you want answered prayer, some of you have stopped, you were asking for something, you were pressing in, You did, but you stopped, you stopped along the way. And the Bible is full of stories of people that had a calling on their life, that God was calling them out. But somehow, for some reason, they stopped along the way. And it took sometimes something major to get them moving again. This is the point. Check your faith. Faith doesn't quit. Maybe you were praying and you you stopped. And the Lord is calling us today, everybody in his house, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, keep on and don't quit. It says this really quick in Luke 18, verse 7. Says this, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Talking about you for what you're praying for. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? Are we pressing on or do we just kind of believe and we stop? Do we keep pressing on, asking, seeking, knocking? That's what that scripture is. And I love this one. We have a graphic for it. We don't have to look up the scripture, but I want to put up this really quick. In Luke chapter eight eleven. it talks about being shameless. Um, he, Jesus shares the story about the neighbor who wants bread and goes over to his neighbor's house. Do we have that graphic for uh, shameless audacity? I believe we have a graphic. Um, okay. Okay. NIV says, the reason that this guy was able to get up, and go to the neighbor's house. The neighbor's like, I'm sleeping, I can't, I can't do this right now. It's like, no, 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 no. He's keep knocking. He's like, come on, I'm asleep, I can't, and he keeps on. And Jesus is using the, the analogy to show if the guy can do this with the neighbor, let me just tell you how good the father is, the heavenly father. It says, because of your shameless audacity, say that with me. Shameless audacity. One more time. Shameless audacity. Jesus said, Jesus said. Because of your shameless audacity, you will get what was asked for. I've read that a ton of times and it never jumped out at me like that. Because of your shameless audacity, and you're thinking, well, am I allowed to? First, I don't want to bother God and I don't even know if I should. Should I be, you know, shameless and have the audacity? Jesus is saying, yes, yes, know your access. You can be shameless with the Father. Here I am, Father. Here I am, I love you. And I need something, Father. I gotta ask you in Jesus' name. I can't get this done. I can't move this mountain. I don't have the revelation. I don't have the insight. I don't have the provision. But God, I believe this is you. And I'm asking, would you please move this? Will you you please make a straight path? Will you show me what door to knock on? Because I need breakthrough in this area. And this is what this is talking about. Because your shameless audacity to go and just say, God, I need you. I'm asking. I'm seeking. I'm knocking. Jesus would say. Bravo, that's what I'm talking about. And yet we go, I already prayed for that, and move on. God's just gonna do what he wants to do anyway, isn't he? And we walk on. No, Jesus is saying, the guy in the story didn't get it because God's gonna do what he wants to do anyway. He got it because of his shameless audacity. And the scripture, asking, seeking, and knocking is our part and God doing his part. It's us engaging and transacting with God through prayer prayer in the spiritual engagement, that things on earth begin to change. Where it's good for you truly, truly good for you, according to the Father. It's according to his will and he'll get the glory in it. That's the kind of stuff that this is talking about. Super cool. So the last one is this, is to pray, pray with shameless audacity. Pray with shameless audacity. Begin to find out what that is. When you read the Psalms, you hear David talking to God and you go, Dude, the way you're talking to God, can you do that? Now, he's not disrespectful. He's not disrespectful. Never be disrespectful with God. We've got to honor God in all things. He's not disrespectful in Psalms, but he's brutally honest. And he's brutally honest in a way that you just have to go, wow, are you allowed to do that? David was a man after God's own heart in some of these areas. And part of it was his shameless audacity. He just came before the, the Lord in Psalms. You can read the Psalms in the Bible. And he's just saying, Lord. Where are you right now? My enemies, they're surrounding me, God. I know you're good, but this doesn't look good, God. And, and, and he's just venting with God, and, and God hears that, and he hears his heart, and it's not, it's not dishonoring in any way, but it's shameless audacity. And God will honor your shameless audacity as well. So as the worship team comes up, the last scripture of the day is this, and this is an important one. You've heard this before. It's the golden rule. So in everything... Do others what you would have them do to you. And this sums up the law and the prophets. This is the golden rule. The way this was written in the Old Testament and some other writings, it's used in the negative. It's been said, don't do this so they don't do this to you. That's the way it's been historically written. Jesus steps in and turns the negative to a positive. Jesus is not talking about don't do not do that so that they don't do it back, Jesus flips it around and says, do what you want others to do to you. It's almost like this. If we were talking about instructions for driving on the road, the Old Testament way is don't crash into somebody so they don't crash into you, okay? This is the rule of the land. And Jesus comes in and says, no, we're not going there. What we're gonna do is do to others what you want them to do. Let them in line if you want people to let you in line. If someone's broke down, pull over and help them out. If you want somebody, does that make sense? So it's not just don't do these things, it's do what you want others to do to you. And this is basically, in a quick summary, he says this sums up the law and the prophets. This is living in a way that loves God and loves others. And if you quite simply aim your life, you don't have to know everything about the Bible. You don't, you know, it's like, hey, I don't know everything in there. A great simple way as a Christ follower, I want to try to love God. I want to try to love others. The Bible's saying, and he's saying this in the context of prayer. He's still talking about prayer right here. I don't think you can take this sentence and this verse and throw it out on its own little section. He's talking about asking and seeking and knocking and what the Father does and what's good. This thing here is like, if you're loving the Father, if you're loving God and loving others, you're living right. That's the right way to live. That's righteous is the older term, but it's living right. And if you are trying to live right, no one's perfect, no one is, but if you're trying to live right before God by loving Him and by loving others, guess what? Your prayer just got way more powerful. When you're living right before God by loving God and loving others, your prayer got way more powerful because the Bible tells us in James five sixteen that availeth much are the prayers of the righteous. In other words, people that are trying to live right before God, trying to live God-honoring lives, not perfect lives, but they're trying to love God and they're trying to love others, the Bible says their prayer has more power. The Bible says that. Their prayer has more power when you're trying to live right. Again, no perfect people. Jesus was the only perfect one. But the aim and the intention is to love God and love others. That prayer is a magnified one. So the last point this morning is that right living, right living leads to answered prayers when we're honoring god god honors those who honor him and when you want to try to live right not again no one's perfect but when you say god i love you and i want to love you and i want to love others i want my life to look like that god says stay tuned your prayer just got ratcheted up a few you know exponentially in the power thing and powerful prayer gets answered this is really important And so we're going to close in prayer right now, guys, and just kind of wrap our service up. We're going to move into a really fun festive celebration time out there. It's going to be a blast on Back to Church Sunday. Um, But I just want to close in prayer and um, ask God to seal some of these things in our heart. Mighty God, we love you. We thank you for your word and for the power of it. You are amazing. And Lord, let us remember that the love of God wants the best for us. And your wisdom, God, knows what's best for us, God. And your power can accomplish it. So I pray, Lord, as we ask and we seek and we knock, that we would continue to look to you and we would not quit. We would continue to press on for the things that will make you smile, the things that will honor you, God, the things that are good for us as children. We don't even know sometimes what we're asking for, but Lord, let us check your word, check scripture, check with other believers who love you to kind of discern what your will is. Let us start asking for stuff that, Lord, we're supposed to step in and start engaging certain things that I think sometimes we've pulled away from. Let us begin asking and seeking and knocking on a whole new level, God, and I trust you're going to start opening some doors and answering, we're going to begin to find some of the things we're looking for, and you're going to get the glory. And Lord, the first thing you're, you're telling us to knock on is the door of heaven, and we don't even get to become your children. We don't even get to have this kind of access until we've had a day in our life where we made Jesus literally the Lord of our life. It's one thing to know about you and to honor you and to respect you. That, that's good. That's We all should. Everyone on the planet should. But it's another thing to say, I'm getting off the throne and I'm letting you be the king of my life. That is completely different. And that's when you become the Lord. And that's when life begins. And that's when we get eternity. That's when we become a son of God, a daughter of God. That's when we become children that have access to run into your presence. So I just want to pray this morning with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed. The Lord is calling you this morning just to make that commitment. No one's going to embarrass you. I just want to ask you to just raise your hand. I want to agree with you in prayer. If you're sensing the Lord calling you into a committed relationship with Him where you are going to decide to be His child. Where you are going to decide you want to have access. You want to have the provision that only the Father can give you. It begins with knocking on the door of heaven. And there's no other way. And that door is just not an honor and a respect of God. That door is one where you say, Father, Thank you for sending Jesus. I believe he came for me, but I want to get off the throne of my life and put you on it. Is that anybody's request this morning? If it is, would you just put up your hand? I just want to agree with you in prayer. Amen. Anybody else this morning? Amen. The Lord's pleased with you. Anybody else this morning? The Lord's pleased. This matters most. Amen. The Lord's pleased with you. Anybody else this morning sensing the Lord to say it's it's really time to kind of get serious with God this way? Amen. The Lord's pleased with you. Lord, thank you. Anybody else? This is important, guys. This is like a new year today where, where God wants to do a new work and it's time to get kick-started on our faith on a whole new level. Is anybody else sent, sensing that they need to do that or maybe rededicate to that commitment and start at the starting block again and say, you know, I need, to, I need to do this the right way. Anybody else this morning want to make that commitment? Hallelujah. The Lord's pleased with you. The Lord's pleased. So Lord, we just we thank you, Lord, that you're turning our hearts, all of us, you're turning our hearts back to you we know now is the time. We look at the world. We look at storms and floods and earth shaking and things like that. And you, you say the, wor- the world has an expiration date. And you, you said that the earth will groan uh, looking forward to the day to come. And so the earth is supposed to shake and groan. But as the time gets later, it's going to do it even more. And so when we see these things, we know, God, you're just trying to wake up people that you love them. And it's not just about what's right in front of them. There's a bigger picture. So, Lord, thank you for waking us up today to the greater call. Uh, Let us step into loving you and loving others. Let us begin to pray and ask and seek and knock on all new ways. And I trust you're going to bust some doors wide open in our lives. And let us share the testimonies of the great things that you're doing. We love you, God. We love you. We love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name and God's people said, amen. 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 Can we give the Lord a hand clap because he's good all the time? Amen. This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit us at valleymetrochurch.com.